Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Experience Matters podcast. It is your one, two, three punch to customer experience success, and we have the one, the only, the legendary Matt Beckwith. Hello, Matt. Hello, Nate. And thank you so much for making the time for me, Matt. You have encouraged me so much over these past four years that we've known each other through Frost and Sullivan and ICMI. Uh, you are one of those leaders that uh, just is magnetic. People gravitate toward, towards you, and, and you, have, you have certainly epitomized in my mind the type of leader that I want to become someday. So thank you for taking the time for us. Well, th- well, thank you for having me on the show, Nate. But that's uh, I, I get chills hearing those things from you because that's how I feel about you. I mean, you are one of the most energetic um, people I have ever met and certainly <laughs> the biggest advocate for this uh, wonderful uh, customer experience world we live in. Well, thank you, Matt. Well, very cool. Well, this is going to be a fun episode. Our challenge statement today is around bringing that energy and bringing your life to your team. How can you prevent that burnout and keep your people loving the work that they signed up for, serving customers well, and enjoying the process every day? So that is our, that is our challenge that we're going to attack. But first, you know, Matt, I'd love to just get to know you a little bit. Uh, I, I've heard through the grapevine that you're quite the karaoke artist. Uh, what, what is your go-to karaoke song? Oh man, I, I would say, uh, I wish I could say it's Weird Al because I'm a huge Weird Al fan. <laughs> his songs aren't that easy, but definitely it's Hurt So Good by John Cougar Mellencamp. That oh, is the, always the starter and sometimes also the finisher of a, a good karaoke night. Man, it does hurt so good. <laughs> and uh, I, I do know this from personal experience, having been with you in a strip mall in Huntington Beach. Uh, when we had probably the greatest karaoke host that could have ever been. He had a magic curtain behind him and out came puppet monkeys, uh, inflatable air guitars, all the greatest props that you could imagine. Uh, this guy, I wish I could describe him. I mean, just imagine uh, taxidermy surrounding you inside of a strip mall and, and the, the sultry sounds of a, of a puppet monkey singing you Careless Whisperer. And that would be the night. <laughs> oh yeah, that was fun. That was fun. That's a good one. All right, Matt. Well, let's let's jump into punch number one. What what is the first innovative way that we could bring life and energy to our teams? Well, Nate, um, I, I love the love the challenge, and and so glad to be on it for this one. And I'll tell you, I learned this very early in my career when I worked for a credit card bank, and the um, it, it was around loving your customer and making sure you create an environment where you're not um, encouraging customer bashing. And that even back then, I remember a manager of mine that would say, don't come to me and say, Oh, this guy on the phone, he needs X, Y, or Z. If, if I had to go to my supervisor about something, I was supposed to go to them and say, Hey, my customer needs this or better yet. Um, you know, Mr. Brown is on the phone and, and, uh, you know, I really feel bad because he needs this credit line increase or whatnot, but mm-hmm. not, you know, address them um, very politely and professionally, even when you weren't talking to them, but about them and just starting to, to use that to permeate your culture of loving your customer. And sometimes wow. customers can be difficult, but it doesn't mean that we create an environment where when we're off the phones, we bash them and we talk negatively about them. We, create an environment where we talk lovingly about them and we talk about the situations they're going through and how we might be able to help them. And that's to me, one of the greatest lessons I learned very early on in my career. I love that, Matt. I remember uh, in my days at UL, 
how easy it was for for people to slip in this area and where it happened for us there was one product that we support where it was a lot of general industry and construction workers that were having to take online training and they hated it a lot of the times because they did not want to have to interface with the computer and we were trying to support them in the process of them doing their safety training and it was really easy for us to become negative towards those customers and then of course once that happens in your mind it's so much easier to become negative towards all your customers and yeah. then to each other. Yep. And it's just as soon as you allow an entry point for that negativity, it, it's amazing how quickly it spreads. So I'm, I'm so proud. It was actually an agent. I didn't even really feel it or see it happening. And it happened so quickly that it, it just kind of penetrated the culture. And it was actually an agent who spoke up and said, this is wrong. We, we've got to stop talking about our our customers this way man i can't believe that we let it get to this point yeah and we went off on a better foot so I, I love how intentional you are and how aggressive you are to keep that out of your culture yeah it's good stuff all right well punch number two so how can we keep that energy alive for me uh i've, I've used this technique many times with my teams and it's creating a culture of continual learning at least for me, if, if I'm growing and if I'm challenging myself, I'm excited about the work that I'm doing. And I love that book, Prime to Perform. It talks about curiosity and play being the number one motivator to great work. And it's not gamification. You know, that can be a lever in there. But really what it is, it's, it's excitement and curiosity about the work that you do every day. I love the work I get to do. And, and one of the greatest ways that we can inspire that type of curiosity is by keeping the learning cycle going oh, wow, you know, that's interesting. I've never thought about customer service that way. I've got to try that with my customer. I've got to see what results I can get from that. And it becomes a puzzle, it becomes a challenge. Now, I think about why I like fishing. Fishing sucks. I mean, I go out there and I sit in a kayak for four hours and maybe catch one or two fish. But the whole thing is a puzzle. There's all these variables that are in front of me. There's the wind conditions. There's which bait to use at what time. There's the time of day. Um, there's the weather that's coming this afternoon. Are the fish likely to bite? Are they deeper? Are they up towards the surface? And we can inspire that same puzzle inside of a customer service context where people are excited. Wow, you know, how can I, how can I serve this customer to the very best and create the best result possible for them? Yeah, yeah, that's great. I love the fishing analogy. Uh, I, I'm not much of a fisher, but I always remember my stepdad would take me fishing and I would say, I don't know why they call it fishing. They ought to call it waiting. Um, <laughs> it really is. But uh, as I got much older, I, I, I look forward to those moments of, uh, of waiting and, and some solitude. So, yeah. And I, I totally agree without... Um, continual learning, especially, I mean, we're in the human business. Um, everybody wishes that they had a one single playbook to deal with humans, but people evolve and, and situations evolve and we get better and we get more knowledge. And if you don't have that environment where you're allowing people to not just learn formally, but learn informally from one another, Bingo. then you're not, uh, you know, you're, you're going to get a, you're going to get passed by your competitors, but also you're going to create a pretty crappy place to work for your employees. Yeah. No, it's not about teeing up a bunch of online learning in an LMS. It's about unlocking excitement around the learning, letting them learn from each other. Here, here's a great thing that I've been doing the last couple of weeks. That's garnering an excellent result. I want to, I want to extend this to you and help to educate you around something that's working well for me. 
and getting that culture of learning going, uh, boredom leads to burnout. Make it exciting. Make the work that you do every day exciting instead of trying to bring external excitement in all the time. Let's feed them. Let's give them a pool table. Let's do this. Let's do that. Those are addressing symptoms. But if we want to get to the root of the excitement and the purpose-driven work, we've got to, we've got to make the work itself exciting. Well said. Punch number three, Matthew, take it away. At the end of this, um, for me, it's been about building teams that are passionate about their customer. And again, from the first thing I said, like they have to love their customer uh, to do well in any organization that I'm a part of, but that's not enough. It's really about, you know, they're the, they're the eyes and ears. They're the ones um, speaking with customers, helping customers all day long. And really it's about creating an environment that will allow people to give feedback on things that the organization does that we need not to do, or we should start doing, but allow people to, to, participate in those as projects or, or, you know, small projects or simple tasks um, and really letting the, the full circle of customer exp- um, experience improvement um, get down to the, to the individual team member level. And mm. too many times I've been in organizations where um, there's a, there's a, f- a feedback process. If that's a suggestion box or yep. whatever the process is. And those, that ends up being a, a big black hole. Um, and I found that we get the best results by bringing people into it. And if wow. and look, some people don't want to offer a suggestion and then be the one to run a project. But wow. we allow people to bring up suggestions. Um, we communicate them to everybody. I believe in the you know Mark Horseman manager tools philosophy. Tell your team everything. Mm. If somebody tells your team tells you not to tell your team something, you tell them anyway, and you just tell them not to say anything. <laughs> wow, but you over communicate, over communicate, and that gets people to want to share ideas and mm. then take those ideas and. Uh, for me and for my leadership team, we don't have the resources just within us to do everything we want to do. So it, it goes beyond just delegation. It's if somebody's really passionate about something, then we ask if they want to be involved in that. And, and um, the end of that is um, if we create a new process or there's some improvement, we put the person's name on it, the people's name on it that, that came up with it. And, um, that does wonders for us because then everybody, you know, some people crave that again, not everybody craves it, but those that do crave it know that they'll get recognition. And even the ones that don't crave it, um, we find ways to, to congratulate them and celebrate them in a more private way. Um, usually that's, you know, via something in writing um, that says that they were part of that project or that initiative and Smart. really taking it full circle and letting people give you the feedback and being a part of the actual improvement, um, certainly. And in my experience in my career, that's what, that's what is the big uh, differentiator between a, just a traditional service you know, contact center and a true customer experience team. I love it, Matt. And you know, I, I've just been amazed in getting to know some of your team members, the loyalty that you've garnered, the way they speak about you, the respect that you've earned, it's amazing. I think this might be the magic thing, or at least one of them. I'm, I know there's many, but the, the authenticity and the transparency that you have there is just awesome, and it's rare. And I think that might be one of the things that, that creates the culture and the dynamic that you have created. Uh, you know, it's great to have a voice of employee process, whatever that is. But 
it, it's only going to be as good as your ability to allow your employees to meaning, meaningfully participate in the change cycle. Uh, it is very disabling to just be putting suggestions out into the, the vacuum and hoping for the best. Um, it, it's not very empowering. Even if the suggestions happen, it's kind of like, oh, great. Finally, they did something. Yeah. Like, no, there should not be a they. It is, is very yeah. much a we. And when, when we can involve employees in creating an environment for each other, that's the best that it can be. There, there's an energy and an, and an excitement that comes from that that is very dynamic. Yeah, yeah I love the, uh, the we versus they. That is, um, that, that is so important. And certainly in, in my organization, you know, with, with um, recent times, we have a, 100% of my team working remotely. So we're, right. not, we're not running into each other in the hallways, but we're trying to have those moments even on, on things like Slack and Trello and um, uh, being able to, you know, come together as a team, but understanding that, like you said, the perfect point, it, the work has to be meaningful. At the end of the day, it's not just it's not just the, the, the fringe benefits. And, and you know, it's funny because you talk about pool tables and, and all of those things, which is funny because now at a, everybody's working from home. Nobody cares about those pool oh tables God. anymore. Uh, yeah. But it's about doing work that's meaningful at the end of the day, saying I participated in a process that made somebody's um, life a little bit better for even for just a moment. It's awesome. Awesome stuff. I'm a huge fan of pull surveys, as you know. <laughs> I've been using Office Vibe for a while with different teams and in different contexts, and it's just been really eye-opening every time the, the ways that we can improve the experience for one another and, and creating a culture in, in where that's just part of the job. We, we love serving the people that are around us so that we can then be equipped to serve our customers better. It's pretty neat. Great, Matt. Well, man, this has been awesome. Great dialogue as always. Do you have any, uh, maybe a brilliant quote that you want to leave us with to close out the episode? Oh man, every time I ask for the quote, I love it. So I'll tell you, I live my life by um, uh, a, a Ralph Waldo Emerson quote. Um, oh, Who you are, speak so loudly, I can't hear a word that you're saying. Wow. Um, mm. Every day of my life, I, I repeat that to myself. My, uh, my, my team at work know it, and, and not because I force it down there. Uh, into their ears every day, but people that I've that worked with me many, many years ago, I'll uh, stay in touch with many of them. And uh, they'll always tell me that that's the thing that they remember. It's because, you know, it, it's not just, especially as leaders, you're always, you're always on, you're always visible. Somebody's always making an inference and um, judging a whole lot more just by your actions. And I always say who you are, speak so loudly. I can't hear a word that you're saying. It is not just the words we say it's all of our actions and mm. i don't i think that certainly from a customer experience perspective that one's always run true for me wise words my friend well thank you for taking the time thank you for being who you are matt it speaks volumes to all of us you got a, a great example that you're putting out for all of us customer experience leaders so keep it up we'll talk to you again soon thank you everybody uh, look forward to the next experience matters podcast episode coming out in two weeks and until then make experiences that matter thank you <laughs>